If you're growing a business or just thinking about launching a startup, this is definitely the podcast for you. This is Fast Forward, brought to you by Tech Manchester. We support early stage tech focused businesses. Each week, we'll dive into the issues that we know keep entrepreneurs awake at night. We'll chat to experts who'll share their tips and advice on how to handle everything from raising finance, making your first hire, to getting your company noticed on social media or in the press. Running a business is a roller coaster. It's exhilarating, but it's pretty damn scary at times too. We're here to help you get your business off the ground and hopefully get a better night's sleep. It's hosted by me, Patricia Keating, Executive Director at Tech Manchester. Standing in a tin shed, waiting for a van to come. Oh, friend, have you seen where my golden tickets be? Welcome back to Fast Forward and our Startup Story series. And today we have a really good one for you, which is straight out of the storybooks. Once upon a time, there were two single women in their 30s, living in a flat and consuming far too much cheese and red wine on a Friday night in Manchester. After experiencing many insensitive comments from people about their ticking biological clocks and needing to find a man, they thought, actually... Where do you go to find out a bit more about fertility? And the seed of Dr. Fertility was planted. This is actually taken out of Dr. Fertility's own bio on their website, and I thought it was too good not to read out. Founded in 2018, the business has recently raised £1 million in seed investment. Boom, boom. Um, So we're going to find out a bit more about that, how they did it, and the advice that they can give to others who are on the same investment journey. Um, Welcome, Kobe McCardell and Dr. Lizzie Buckley, uh, co-founders of Dr. Fertility. Hi. Hello. Thank you for inviting us to come along. Oh, I'm so excited to have you. I love the serious hellos. (laughs) (laughs) That's it, we're done. (laughs) We start serious. Right, we'll just be ourselves. (laughs) Downhill. That's it. Yeah, that's fine. This is what we want. Um, Listen, we're going to talk about Dr. Fertility and the amazing sort of roller coaster that you've been on on that, which is very much at a high at the moment. But before we do that, I want to get a little to know the both of you a little bit. You know, how true is the fairy tale that's on the website? How do you know each other? How did how did Kobe and Lissy, um, if you have a hashtag, I'm not sure what it is. Um, we need one. Oh, I think, no, you need one. I think we're totally inspired to just go home and do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is a P1. Yep, top priority for the day. <laughs> top three things to do, hashtags. Um, but tell us, where did you guys meet? You know, how, has, how have you ended up going into business together? Where did it all start? Do you know, it's a good question, that, because no one's asked us before how we met. No, and it is a really random answer. It's um, a really interesting story, this. Yeah, so basically I went travelling for 14 months. Um, when, spent, when was that? And where oh, did you go? When was it now? It's like... I think we met around 2000 and... Yeah, so it would have been about... Is this the point where if somebody doesn't remember your anniversary, you're going to fall out? Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, it was the 27th of August. But it was was a long time ago, quite a few years. And (laughs) I'd I'd finished uh, uni and I went travelling for 14 months. And when I got to Perth Airport in Australia, Mm -hmm. I was stood in a taxi queue with my ex-boyfriend 
And this couple... I presume he wasn't your ex-boyfriend at the time. No, we were together then. Okay. Uh, we broke that would have been weird. We took a drone to the airport. And we were stood in this taxi queue and there's another couple in front of us and they were from Manchester and they said, oh, can we share a taxi with you to the hostel? So we shared a taxi and we stayed really good friends the whole time. So we kept meeting up along the journey. So when we got back... She split up with her ex-boyfriend, I split up with mine. and But we stayed in touch and I used to come and visit her in Manchester. And I lived in Sheffield then. Okay. And then it turned out that this girl's sister went to school with Lucy and She's was one of her best really friends. Really good friend of mine. Okay. So I came across for a few parties and I remember a New Year's Eve party, you were there. But we didn't. We just briefly talked, didn't we? Yeah, like, I think we like recognised each other. We weren't good friends at that point. Yeah, and then I went for a bit of a tough time and decided to leave Sheffield, move to Manchester, um, and sort of start afresh. And I moved, I moved across, and then I went and lived with someone else for a while. And then I was at a party, and Lucy was there. Yeah, you were at a party, and my housemate at the time was moving out of her out of the flat with me. And I just came up to you and said randomly, "Oh, I think you should move in with me." I'm a really reflective person. I don't, like, I think things through. So for me to say that was quite a bizarre thing. And you were living with someone else at the time and you were like, oh, okay then. It was just, I think we just, we <laughs> there's a, a movie really, in here. I feel there's I a know. movie. I know. We had a really brief chat in the kitchen and then you were like, yeah, move in. I was like, okay. And you did. And then we lived together for four and a half years. And I broke up with my boyfriend very soon afterwards. So we were kind of, Single girls together, mm-hmm. having lots of fun and yeah, drinking too much cheese. Drinking, <laughs> drinking cheese? <laughs> drinking too much wine. <laughs> it's very much we wine. If we could. It was yeah. a bit like that. Yeah. I would drink cheese if I could. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we just we lived together. We were having a great time. And then like the bio says, we just started yeah. getting insensitive comments from people who... You know, you had that guy at work who asked you if you were worried about oh. your fallopian tubes. It was really funny. Really? So there was a guy that I managed at work and he came up to me one day really serious and he was like, Lucy, I'm really worried about you. And I was like, why? Why? He was like, oh, I'm really worried about your fallopian tubes and I think you need to find yourself a husband. To which I replied, thank you for your concern. I'm really worried about your job and I think you need to get back to it. <laughs> now, we weren't upset by these comments, which really, in hindsight, it's a good job we weren't because I yeah. think they could be quite hurtful. Um, but what it did do is it got us thinking, actually, where do you go if you want to find out about fertility mm. and what's out there? And from my background, so I'm a pharmacist. Yeah, so I, what were you both doing? You weren't doing this when you were living together. What no, were you doing? And that was the thing as well, is because of, from the idea was that our skill set and experience is so different, but absolutely complementary to what, mm. we, what we're doing. Um, so yeah, I'll let you... I'll go for it. Shall we go first? Yeah. Over to um, you. So I'm a pharmacist by background. So I studied pharmacy in Cardiff and then came back to Manchester to do a PhD. Um, I really like enjoyed the science and the research side of things. And then when I was living with you, I was, I'd gone into the pharmaceutical industry and had um, sort of a medical and operations role there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've gone on to do more work in, in the pharmaceutical industry. So I started thinking from these comments, actually, when I reflect on my pharmacy practice and the work that I've done, we're not really trained in fertility. So we started looking into it a bit further, didn't we? Yeah. Um, so I'll let Kobe tell you about her background and then... Yeah, what we were you can... doing then? So you were, you were saving the world with um, pharmacy stuff. 
And all <laughs> See, that kind of pharmacy stuff. warrior. That's my technical. <laughs> yeah, pharmacy warrior. I'm not sure how that goes down. Uh, well, okay. My, well, my background is very different because I've got 19 years marketing and e-commerce experience. Mm. So that includes running my own marketing agency for five years in Sheffield. Um, but my most recent role was e-commerce director at AO. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I loved and I learned so much there, especially around customer experience. Um, and a lot of the things I learned at AO, we've applied to Dr. Patilite. But at the end of the day, I was selling electrical goods. Yeah. And this kind of felt like a business that could really give me purpose, but let me really utilize that, the skills and experience that I've got. Yeah. So just found the idea of just really exciting. So where did it come from? Like, it, obviously, so you're getting really entirely inappropriate comments at work which absolutely they don't know how hurtful they could be because they don't know what you're doing in personal life that could have been you could have been trying like a hundred times exactly just had a miscarriage and blah 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 blah. and they were the that's what got us thinking like okay i'm not in that situation but you don't know that um and we'd got friends and family that had struggled as well yeah Mm -hmm. we'd seen um yeah, like, my, my cousin took nine years to conceive. Um, so we'd already got experience. Of, even though it wasn't ourselves, it was in our immediate circle. Yeah, and then we were like looking at looking on sort of Dr. Google and there's so much confusing and conflicting information out there. And there's a range of products that make huge marketing yeah, claims mm-hmm. um, that frighten us to death. So there's like the herbal tampons that claim to unblock your fallopian tubes and they're like £60 a pack. And people are feeling really vulnerable and emotional about their journey. Mm-hmm. They, they are likely to try try these things. And we kind of felt that actually we could we could bring our skills together and do something to help people on their fertility journey. So we got to work, didn't we? Yeah, but it was tough because we were both working. We had, you know, we had jobs with a lot of responsibility and a lot of travel. So I was mm. managing a team in Germany and the UK. And you were traveling all over the UK, weren't you? Yeah, and, we were um, traveling a lot. So we'd meet... Well, what happened actually after that was we, Lucy went on eHarmony and met her husband, James. Okay, uh, sorry. <laughs> Just like... And then I was like, oh, he's okay. I think I might go on eHarmony. Yeah. And then I met my husband. Get away. He's both about your husband's on eHarmony. Yeah. Yeah, six months apart. Hey, Harmony, we want uh, plugs and some yes. kind of goodies for this plug. <laughs> yeah. Other dating sites are available. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we met them six months apart. We moved out of the flat in with the boys at the same time because mm-hmm. we were always worried about one leaving the other. Yeah. Um, that would have been horrible. We got married six months apart and we had ended up having babies four weeks apart. Oh. But before before the babies, we were... We were meeting on a Tuesday night after work and we were trying to get some traction with the business, but it was tough. Yeah, it was uh, really frustrating. Like, we'd take turns to cook each other dinner and then we'd give each other homework that we had to do that week. <laughs> um, but as you can imagine, it was just really slow moving. Yeah. And then we, when we both got pregnant around the same time, we just thought, well, actually, when do we have an opportunity to see, is this a viable business? You know, can we really grow this? And uh, so, yeah, so my little boy was seven weeks old and Lucy's little girl was three weeks old and we switched on Google advertising and we started picking and packing parcels. Yeah, so we would look after the babies in the day and then at night we'd have a week on, week off. If it was your week on, you would pack the parcels at night and then the next morning you would stuff as many parcels into the pram as you could and (laughs) march into the village um, and get them posted. Yeah. I think our neighbours thought we were a bit bonkers. (laughs) 
Yeah, definitely. <laughs> There's the crazy ladies going with the browns again. Yeah. Yeah. And, but what an amazing story and a real uh, sign of your determination to get this off the ground and belief. So, uh, and look where it's brought you. I know. Yeah, it is crazy when you look back. Yeah, we think definitely. of all those late nights packing parcels. Yeah. Honestly, so who's going to play us in the movies? That's what I want to know. <laughs> That's a great question. I'm going to ask you again at the Who'd end of this. Who do you think? Oh, we'll all ask at the end. Uh, Julie Roberts and um, Cameron Diaz. You are kind. That was kind. I love you. There we go. That would be amazing. (laughs) That's very kind. Listen up. It's the new Netflix. Um, So tell me about, right, so you've had this this journey. And listen, I've been married and that whole like, oh, you're married. You know, the first year is when are you going to have a baby? And then you don't have the baby in the first year. And they go, what's going to happen? And then they start whispering behind your back and then all that kind yeah. of stuff. And every so, time you're out and you don't have an alcoholic drink, yeah. everyone thinks oh, you're pregnant. pregnant. Yeah, no, oh, no, I'm just fat, thanks. <laughs> um, so I guess it's it's to help, you know, people like me who've been in that place in the past where they don't have to, like, be holding to these comments that you hear from insensitive comments from people or well-meaning I think that's the thing. People always mean well, and it's Mm. really difficult when you're on the other side of that to sort of think people do have good intentions, but it doesn't always come across in that way. And it can be so, comments can be so hurtful. Yeah. And we just, we wanted to create um, a place where people could come and really be educated about fertility, even if they're not ready to start a family. Yeah. It's like we've done some events like with women in law where it's just educating women on, you know, the things like the impact of age on fertility and it's just being aware of these things. Mm -hmm. It's not to say you will have a fertility issue. It's just, you know, you just need to understand the impact that different things can have. So we're really about that education piece as early as we can really. And raising awareness of that. And also the way that we educate, we kind of want to make it um, less medicalised and we're trying to communicate with women in an easy, easier way. Cause, and men as well. Um, yeah, men and women. Um, and something we talk about a lot actually is no matter who you are or what your situation is, we want to provide you with the education that you need and other tools. Um, so we want to be very inclusive because everyone has a very, a very sort of different situation when they're trying for a family. Yeah, so it's kind of, we just want to really support people that all the way through their fertility journey from thinking about it to whether they've been struggling for a long time. And mm-hmm. um, we're looking at how we can use technology and content and products and services to help support them and handhold them more. Um, so it's not, you know, we're not just focusing on people that are struggling. We For yeah. us, it's about people, people throughout that journey. Yeah, and sort of raising that sort of um, awareness of, like Kobe said, when you're thinking, you might not be trying yet, but the things you can do, like start to prepare your bodies, yeah. um, reduce your alcohol or stop smoking, um, and for women, um, take your folic acid. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know that these simple things can really help Make you. a difference, yeah. yeah. Well, we did, um, we did, a, we wanted to test the, uh, women's knowledge of their fertility, didn't we, in the UK? So we had this hypothesis that because a lot of us are on you know, hormonal birth control or whatever for a long time. We don't really understand our bodies when it comes to fertility. So we did a cycle savvy campaign and and we had like 18,000 respondents. And it did really show that there's a real lack of understanding. So it's things like 64% of women didn't understand when they were fertile, when their fertile window is. And it kind of, it was great for us because, again, it validated the need for that education. Yeah. Because at school, you kind of taught, you know, have unprotected sex once and you'll get pregnant. 
And then, so when people actually start trying and it, it can happen. take longer, mm-hmm. you know, the chances of getting pregnant month one is 20%. Yeah. But people expect that to be a lot higher. And it's completely normal for it to take up to a year. Yeah. And um, people don't sort of think about it like that. Yeah. They start to get quite worried when it doesn't happen straight away. And it's about giving people that information that will help them on that journey. So how does Dr. Fertility as a product or a service work? How does it work for customers like potentially me? Yeah, so at the moment, if you look at the website, it's um, an e-commerce website with fertility products that help you to prepare your bodies, like Lucy said. Yeah. Understand your own fertility, so understanding things like when you ovulate, um, home testing that allow you to start doing some investigations, so things mm-hmm. like sperm tests, um, like we do um, home blood testing now as well that help you to, uh, whether it's sent off to the lab, it's reviewed by a doctor and a nurse will call you, but it's if you're not quite ready to go into a clinic, you yeah. can start doing these things at home. Yeah. But what we've, and we've got some educational content that we've um, developed with uh, fertility experts. Yeah, so what we try and do is co-create our um content with experts because we're not in the clinic um you can you know we we understand the scientific literature but we want to make add that real slant and that expert opinion into um what we're producing so mm-hmm. we co-create with experts and that's worked really well we did um a male health um a male fertility health awareness campaign called sperm banter yeah i seen it you had some events in manchester didn't you yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, we produced, um, I think it's 21 videos with Professor Alan Pacey to cover all things sperm. So to answer all, all the sort of questions that guys probably don't want to ask. And that did really well. I think last time we looked, was it over 250,000 views? More than that now. More. It'd be like 350,000 now. And that's like globally as well. Yeah. And yeah. it's showing you that there's a demand from men as well, from women in terms of the fertility journey. Because we are putting off um, having children to later. We're having less children and we have different lifestyles now which create new challenges around Def- getting pregnant. Absolutely. Yeah, and and the men are, are really uh, like overlooked, aren't they, as a lot in the fertility space. So a lot of content and, and products are focused very much on the women, but mm-hmm. we're about supporting men yeah, as well. We don't like to leave anyone out. But what's really exciting is we're seeing some more products coming to market um, for guys, um, there's some um, home sperm fertility trackers that sort of monitor your sperm over time and give you um, advice on how you can improve it. And we're just reviewing those internally yeah, at the moment. That's one of the things that makes us different is because we have um, Lucy with a pharmacy background, but also we've got other in-house pharmacists. We've got an internal quality review process. So all products are reviewed internally from lots of different um viewpoints from well it's like I'll let you talk about the yeah so what we try and do is going back to sort of the some of the products you can find on the internet what we wanted to do was put all the products that we have on the site through like an internal quality control process mm-hmm. so we're looking at um, it from lots of different points of view so is there any data to support these claims what it does what it doesn't do so that's really important so a lot of people won't tell you what it doesn't do so we try and be really transparent about that who it's suitable for. So when people come to the site and they're choosing a product, we want them to be able to make an informed decision about which product's right for them. So, for example, um, some ovulation tests aren't suitable for ladies with a condition called polycystic ovary syndrome. Which Uh, is quite common. Yeah, Yeah. it's really common. Um, I think it's up to one in five now. 
So we don't want women wasting their money on things that aren't right for them mm-hmm. that could then cause more con- worry when it's not working properly. So we're really um, transparent about this would work for you if you're if this is your situation versus yeah. this wouldn't work for you. Um, so we look at it and we try them out, like things in usability. Um, we talk to the manufacturers and we look to see if they comply with certain regulatory requirements. So we want to have good quality products on the site. That's really important to us. So almost like the trusted marketplace for anybody that wants to do yeah. anything to do yeah. with um, fertility. And, and it's kind of, so that what we've got today is what we've done on a shoestring, but actually the investment will help us take it to the next level. So we'll, we'll be developing our digital health platform. Yeah. And e-commerce will play a part of that. So let's talk about the um, the investment then. You have recently raised one million. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Congratulations. Thank you. Amazing. <laughs> um, talk us through how you did that and who you're working with um, to to move, to move get to where you are today. Well, yeah. it started... Well, we weren't originally looking for investment. Um, but What we, were you doing at the time? Or did you know? And that's okay, because like most people don't. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great question. Yeah, well, we, we knew we were, we were going to look to raise investment, but we weren't going to do it just yet. So, yeah, which... In hindsight, we're glad that we did. So we'd gone back to, we didn't, well, we took the leap of faith and we yeah. didn't go back to our job. So so things over maternity, which you couldn't have timed that any better. Yeah. We're um, very lucky. We're yeah. very, very lucky. You got it to, you know, you're always looking for that tipping point, aren't you? Yeah. So you got it to that. Yeah. Then, so right. we took the leap of faith, shall we say. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd gone back to work. Um, yeah, we had a business mentor who we um, we ran through. We did a presentation to him and showed him everything that we'd done so far and the numbers. And and he turned around and said, right, you've proved a point. Now it's time to raise the investment to take it to the next level. Yeah, he's like, you need to scale now. Yeah. So um, how had you built the e-commerce? Obviously, it would have come from your experience. Kobe, but can yeah. you build? Yeah, so we, well, no, I'm not a a developer. I've managed the front-end development team at AO, but um, I'm not a tech person myself. But um, we used Shopify. So it was our friend who, um, she owns Beaumont Organics. We'd started with Magento and quickly realised that as a small business, anything that you want to do, it needs a developer, so it's very Mm -hmm. costly. So she recommended Shopify because it's software as a service, but also you can plug and play with the apps. Yeah. So even if it's not quite what you'd want to do, if you're wanting to test a piece of functionality on the site, you can just do it really quickly as a, as an MVP yeah. and see if there is a... And you can set it up in seconds. Yeah, like it's yeah, just it's so easy. Um, and also it's good from like, I had less sort of tech background and it's really intuitive for me because Magento platform was difficult and you were always sort of helping me do stuff, whereas I can get on Shopify and it's so intuitive. Yeah. It's got really easy to use, isn't it? Yeah, and I found uh, through like people per hour, I found a guy in India who tweaked the theme for us, and yeah, and then off we got started, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, lean, lean, lean. So you yes. went to your business mentor, and he went right. Time to scale. What are you yeah. going to do next? Come on, girls, scale up. <laughs> so the next thing we did was we reached. The first thing we did was reach out to our network and basically wanted to talk to people that had gone through the investment process and learn from them especially around the pitfalls. And we were just so lucky because people were just so forthcoming to one meters, but two, just be completely so honest. honest with us. I, that's really taken me back, about coming from a healthcare background. So this world's very new to me. 
is how willing people are to give you their time and give you their expertise and be really honest. And we received some valuable, really valuable advice from two people in particular that really helped shape our negotiations and the yeah. direction we went we went with with our investment, didn't we? Yeah, and they, they just flagged the sort of, you know, things to look out for uh, and what to look for in an investor, um, which was really helpful. And then we also asked them to recommend investors that they knew or they'd worked with or they knew of yeah. people that had. Um, and it was um, someone in my network that recommended Prochura Ventures. Um, and that's why they were one of the investors that we met up with because for us it was really important that it wasn't just about money. Mm-hmm. Um, we wanted to make sure we'd got the right expertise um, around the table. And for us, Prochura with their, you know, especially the technology side, just yeah, felt like a really brilliant. great fit, didn't they? Yeah, so we've um, gone with Petura and we have got another angel investor who's got a medical um, background. So the two together work really well for us. Um, another sort of key thing that I think that was important to us was being in WeWork was brilliant. Yeah. Um, when, and when did you move in there? Was it? I want to say the 6th of Feb. Yeah, it was February last year. Last year yeah, it was it? around Feb last year. But um, the community's brilliant. Yeah. And we met a company in there called um, EFM and they helped us to build our business model. So we spent a lot of time yeah. <laughs> building this model. Yeah. But it meant that when we went into investors... We were really confident in the numbers and it showed that it had been built on logic and we'd validated a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that really helped us. Yeah, uh, and, and they did um, they did like a like a mock pitch with us yeah, as well, they did. didn't they? And it was really funny. <laughs> so they were firing. It was the toughest of them all, actually, really, the mock. Um, yeah, no, they were brilliant. But yeah, like just throwing different questions at us and we were just practising um, how we would answer those. Yeah, and that was great because... It just gave us a bit more confidence when we were mm. going in to meet investors. But to be honest, everyone we've met has been really nice and yeah. really lovely with us. Yeah. When people say, oh, was it like Dragon's Den? And we were like, no, yeah. not, not at all. Yeah. Like people were really supportive. And yes, we got challenged, but in a, you know, in a productive, positive way. Which yeah, is, in a justified way. Yeah. yeah. And there was some great If you questions. want them to give you a million points, you need to, well, if you they, need to assure them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if they didn't question us, then you'd yeah. be worried. Yeah. Um, um, and some of those questions really got us thinking in a different way, and that was brilliant. Um, and we learned so. I hope says we learned so much from that. Oh, it was brilliant. We learned absolutely loads. How many pitches did you do? Four, five, around that. I think it's safe to say we did quite enjoy the process and the pitching, didn't we? Yeah, I think it was about five, and it was a real mix of um, types of investors as well, wasn't it? And but um, yeah. Yeah, and everyone, and everyone had brought different perspectives as well. So yeah. you actually learn a lot through the process of... Yeah, and I think because you know, Petura moved very quickly, so we'd started the process with um, yeah. quite a few investors, but they were moving quite quickly. So it was a bit of a tri- tricky one because we didn't know if that was going to work out. Yeah. But at the same time... Until the yeah, until the term sheets are signed. Yeah, so we, we contacted the people that we were also talking to and we were just... We took the approach to be honest and say we're pursuing um, investment with with an, a VC, mm-hmm. and if it doesn't go according to plan, we'll be back in touch. Yeah. Um, but we were lucky, and it, it worked out okay for us. Yeah, I think this is a really important um, 
story to share because we, well, I've written, I've written an article recently off the back of actually spending some time with Peter Carway from Petura on how investment companies can invest more in female-founded businesses. Yeah. And it's because, and that was off the back of a UK business angels report that only 1% of um, investment goes to women-founded business, businesses, but only 5% of the pitch decks that they get in the first place are from women. So, yeah really 25% of the people that actually send in their pitch decks get raised money. So that's actually not a bad statistic. So actually the challenge is, is how do we get more female-founded businesses to seek out investment? And yeah. I guess probably your story probably doesn't uh, sound too dissimilar to probably quite a lot of other women who are maybe out there running businesses who are like, well, we weren't specifically going out looking for investment. You just asked a couple of questions in your network then we're thinking about this. But... Um, the positive experience that you've had with those five or six investors, um, I think is something that's really important that um, people hear yeah. um, and that it's not always the negative perception that people might have of investment companies. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I well, totally we talk, agree We with talk that. about this quite a lot, don't we? Like, it's, it, we found it quite heartbreaking when we saw the stats on, you know, how little... Um, businesses or, or women founded that get the investment and we were like why is that yeah, why and we have this discussion like why yeah and we think part of it may be that is it is it a confidence are we are we not as confident as guys we don't know but yeah what, i mean as managing a big team um especially when women have children mm -hmm. the confidence can really take a hit and i know yeah. mine did as well and you know, when we when women would come back into the workplace, you know, work with them, develop that that those com that confidence, um, and I think part of it is to do with, with yeah. that. And I think it's about focusing. If you do go on maternity leave, the skills you gain. Oh wow! Let's not overlook no. them. No, absolutely like your time not. management, your multitasking, <laughs> your, your operation skills. Yes. <laughs> Sarah, who's our podcast producer, she's like, I negotiate every single oh. morning with my two-year-old oh, to get yeah. their shoes on. It's the cleaning best the negotiation training <laughs> <Yeah>. going. <laughs> not having chocolate for breakfast. <laughs> it's like that's the daily one I have. Yes, yes, that's what uh, I need to. And how, sorry, how do you explain that? Because why shouldn't I have a chocolate for breakfast? I know, yeah. Well, I'll just be like, no, not to have chocolate for breakfast, darling. That's like, <laughs> you know, as a treat. Uh, but yeah, no, I think there's there's a whole lot of reasons in there. But I think one of the big things is, is that we need more women to seek it out. Because I, the I, worry, I think as well, like, do women worry about the level of sacrifice that you have to make when you got when you especially when you've got a family a young family mm -hmm. i think there's this perception in the media of oh if you're an entrepreneur you're working 24 7 you, yeah. you survive on two hours sleep and you don't see your family hustle porn yeah, yeah. And, and it's like it doesn't have to be that way like yeah we're not saying it's it's easy to balance everything it's not and some days we feel like we're amazing mums and other days we feel like yeah. we're terrible mums and one day we're like, we're winning it at work and then other days we're like, what are we doing? But how different is that to yeah. anybody else? Yeah. We talk about like these women who sort of give the perception you can have it all. I think it's about being really honest to other women and saying, do you know what? It is hard, but you can do it. And all those skills that you kind of learn on the way, like your time management, it's getting that balance. And I think yeah. it's being real and true to yourself. You are going to ask yourself, Am I a good wife? Am I a good friend? Am I a good daughter? But don't Am you ask I a good those mom? questions of your stay-at-home mum. <laughs> well, even you know if you've I mean? not got a yeah, family, yeah. what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, even women who don't have young children, you know, I think you just question, I think that's, what, is it a female thing? Do we constantly 
um, analyzing, analyze ourselves. I don't know, but I think what we really want to do is help encourage women to believe in themselves and think they can do it. Yeah. Uh, but do it in like a real way because Balanced. we're not going to say it's not hard because it yeah. is. And but you we, can't have it all. All It's no. always something, you're choosing something over the other, yeah. but it's what works for you and it's what works for you, Lizzie, doesn't necessarily work for me and the same for you. Philly. No. And mm. I think I, I particularly noticed when we were on maternity leave um, that, you know, there are women out there who are very judgmental about women who go back to work full time or they start their own business and I think what, what was the perception in mums and babies groups when you were like like what wheeling in with the because I'm sure you had some challenges in that period yeah yeah I mean luckily we had each other to like to we're very lucky I think we have each other and that makes a huge difference to us doesn't it yeah but that, I'd go to like a baby sensory class and someone would be talking to me and obviously I would, I would tell them about the business and and it would the conversation would shut down pretty quick because they would don't just, get it. Yeah, they just didn't get it. Or they'd be very judgmental. Mm. Um, but you just have to say, do you know what? I, you, you do what's right for you and your yeah. family. And, you do you. Yeah. And yeah, and that's like, something we always say. Like, if people are, we have had some harsh comments, but we always just say, if that suits you and that's what you want to do, that's brilliant. Yeah. You know, you do your thing. <laughs> you do <laughs> you. Thing. Yeah. You do you. That's it. You do you. Know. Yeah. You do you. Like it. We'll do us. Yeah, but Baby Sensory was a bit of an eye opener. I remember there was one girl um, who spoke to me and she was going um, for a job interview and she got herself so worked up about it and lost all, going back to what you said, lost yeah, all confidence. her confidence. And I was trying to say to her, you need to focus on all these things that you have learned. Mm. Um, you know, it's been, it's a great time having some, you know, doing something different and the responsibility of being a parent. Yeah. Um, but it's quite sad that that happens, I think. Yeah. I think it's just, uh, you've described it perfectly. You found a little tribe, which is you two, and through shared experience, you've been able to overcome and like laugh through some of those challenges that you've had. Yeah. But I think there are now growing numbers of, of women and other people who have taken career breaks, men as well, who can find each other through Facebook groups and, um, you know, different um, chapters. I'm part of the Lean In Circle here in Manchester. Yes. Career Mum Facebook groups, also a great place. Um, if you're looking for, if you are any of those women um, who are looking to either get back into work or start a business and are juggling all the different challenges that you have. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure you guys are uh, always happy to re respond to a LinkedIn um, message or two. Oh, of yeah. course, yeah. So those are some of the personal challenges that you've had with um, sort of getting the business off the ground and that whole uh, piece in terms of what people's perceptions are. But what about from a commercial sense? What were some of the challenges that you faced in in that whole period? Yeah, and, and continue now <laughs> to have. I think it's at first it was mainly the lack of resource, and yeah. um, we'd done it on a shoestring. Yeah, yeah, we couldn't. Can even... we teach these babies to pack? <laughs> yes, we're like, you know, how old? How old Come before on, they look, can start just packing like this. parcels? Just like this. <laughs> we want to stand laces, but like, yeah, not got a package. Thirty seconds. Yeah. So <laughs> forget walking. You just need to pack parcels. So we had to sort of recruit the family. So we had yeah. Um, Lucy's mother-in-law was amazing. Oh, hi, Lucy's mom. <laughs> In the end, she was bubble wrapping two days a week. Yeah. So the, we'd get the um, she'd come and collect the parcels from one of our houses. She'd take them away and bubble wrap every single um, item. And her and her boyfriend had worked out mathematically the best way to make use of the bubble wrap because they knew we were okay. on a shoe screen. <laughs> a shoe screen. Um, and then she she was absolutely amazing, wasn't she? And then we had um, other family members. Uh, Our husbands were packing parcels pa with Yeah, those. writing the cards. So 
Good oh. reason to marry them. Oh, well yes. done, lads. Well done. That, well, they were two good choices. The boys and yeah. the investors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they were brilliant. And there was all the card writing. So in, in each of our um, parcels, we do a handwritten note and we give a little gift. Yeah. And that was really important to us that as it got bigger, we didn't stop doing that because we want to show that we care. Yeah. Um. So everyone was helping write cards and... Yeah, and we were having to, we couldn't afford to stock uh, loads of products, so we mm-hmm. would take the orders, we'd have to drive to the um, the wholesaler to pick up the products, then to send them out. Um, but yeah, but it was great, because it just, those challenges motivated us to get to that next level. Yeah, yeah. Like each time it got hard, it was like, right, come on. What do we need to we, do to stop yeah, doing this? Yeah, we don't yes. want to do this anymore. <laughs> like, I was once driving to pick up the products, and I remember ringing Lucy and saying, I've had enough now. And I was like, oh no, what's she going to say? I was yeah. like, we need to get to the next level, so we have a wholesale account, and they deliver to us. And then yeah. we were like, right, that's the next milestone. And it's still, I think it's always going to be like that. Like, it's just different challenges along the journey, and it's about sort of riding the wave and kind of being resilient to those challenges and know mm. that you know sometimes it feels tough but you'll get through you know it's like this isn't it sorry no yeah. one can see me <laughs> it's wave movement <laughs> roller coaster yeah it's like fasten your seatbelt <laughs> yeah we're going for red but it's like yeah. even now we've got you know from a money point of view we've got the investment but time is very very limited for Lucy and I and and that's one of the challenges we have now is making sure that we're always as focused as we can be yeah. to make the most of that time. And like we're still sort of training our team up because it's a fairly new team. But I yeah, think we, we think... Yeah, our first employee started this April. Yeah. So before that, it was just Lucy and I. Yeah. And what was your first hire? Uh, finance director. Correct. Good answer. Yeah, because <laughs> yes. we believe that if, the, yeah. if you've not got... If you're not on it with the accounts, that's the most important thing. Yeah. Well, I think it's really important, and I think Lucy and I are really good at this, is identifying what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are, uh, where the skills gaps are. And finance is not anything that Lucy and I have, e- either of us, done. And we yeah. gave it a good stab. Yeah, and we've learned a lot. But we recognised that we needed that higher. There's only so much zero on. can do. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also it was the time. It, it was like yeah. taking us, so again, taking us away from... From that focus. Yeah, we've been um, lucky because Pete Carway is got a really, really brilliant finance background as well. Yeah. And he's our investor di- investment director. So he comes and supports us all the time as well, which is brilliant. Yeah, so he helped us um, with the recruitment process and sat in on the interviews and still supporting us now with various things. So he's been brilliant. Yeah. So the roller coaster, we've talked about some of the challenges and... I don't know, has the one million been th- sort of the high, if you look back? I know obviously it is a major, like it, that's insane and it's brilliant, but has it, like, what were some of the other highs that you would say? Well, we were talking about like, this yes. before, weren't we? Yeah. I mean, obviously raising the money was Getting a wholesale account. I mean, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like these wholesale milestones, account. isn't it? So getting yeah. a wholesale account. Because I always remember that when we got the wholesale account, they we were working from our homes at the time. So we had half the products at Lucy's house, half the products at mine. And we got this wholesale account. We're so excited. We put like a, a de- well at the time felt like a, a decent amount of products. And yeah. the next thing, I had an Arctic lorry coming down our road. So I we live were on like, this, Do you live in the country, Vincent? <laughs> no, I live in Didsbury on a tree line road, and this Arctic was obviously looking very confused. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the people in Didsbury. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and then I took pictures of it because we've got some. Um, 
I mean, I've got pictures of Lucy breastfeeding on the laptop, me <laughs> with Rufus strapped to my chest on my laptop. And then... Honestly, after this, we are writing the, I don't know what you call it, like the script or whatever. We're writing it. Okay, yeah. I can't wait. <laughs> but we've got, yeah, the Arctic lorry on my road. So that I, was a, a I think big a big day. one for me was it was the day before I went on holiday and the products went to the fulfillment house. Can yes. we just take a minute? Everyone? And that was May last year. May, I think it was May the 10th. And they're not in our house. They're not in our house, and we don't. We don't pack have to pack them. them. And it was amazing. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely amazing. I think if that hadn't have happened, we might have got divorced. It, yeah, it would reach it, from each other or from your no, husbands? never each other. <laughs> no, never. Boys are out. Right. <laughs> the, the boys are like, we can't pack any more parcels. <laughs> yeah, stop working us so hard. You're so mean. <laughs> this isn't what I signed up for. Any harmony? <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. And then I think another challenge was. Doing the deal for the investment um, was actually not that not that difficult, like the negotiations, but going through the legals, yes. the time that it took was phenomenal. And that would be our advice to anybody else who's going through it. Make sure you leave enough time, but also like... How much the, time? At least six months. At least. But at also least. like the not just like the period of time in months, but also the amount of time it takes to like go through the legals, understand it. And um, we had a fantastic solicitor. Um, so we used Slater Helis, um, Simon yeah, Warwick. They were, yeah, they were amazing, hand-holding us through the whole yeah, process. Yeah, explaining all the terms. So we felt we fully understood. We're probably driving mad at times, in fact. But <laughs> we feel... We <laughs> I think f- he actually told us that we did. He did still take us to the races there. Yeah, we did. <laughs> when it was done out of relief. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but and we learned a lot about law as well. I think we'd, we'd agreed verbally <laughs> nice. the deal in like two months. Yeah. But it was, it's oh, yeah, like Lucy said, yeah. that legal process. And but it's so, it's so important that that's right because that is sometimes where it unravels. Yes. You know, you hear the horror stories about shareholder agreements or lack of, yeah. um, you know, really poor term sheets from investors where you have given away too much for the rest of your business is uninvestable. It's, these were, you know, it's the right thing to do to take the time. You're yeah, investing absolutely. time. And we we were terrified of making a decision today that would really bite us in the bum in five, seven years' time. Mm. Um, and I think also leaving enough time is important because your perception is different because if you feel desperate for that money, the way you make a decision may be different yeah. Yeah. to if you had time. And we could have carried on. We would have been growing at a slower rate, yeah. but we could have carried on. So I think... Don't get um, overwhelmed by the... Yeah. And don't jump Don't jump at the first offer either. Um, no, because we had some other offers that weren't as... We feel the offer we got is really fair. And I yeah. think ultimately... You have you are going into a partnership with those investors, so you've got to have a great relationship with them. You've got to, you've got to get on. You've got to like each other, but you've also got to feel that you've had a fair um, deal yeah. because you can't go into that with resentment. You've got to go into that like, right. We're a team. How are we going to grow this business? Yeah, um, and we feel we feel really happy with the people in our boardroom and the deal that we got. Yeah, because then you think, all oh, right, now we've got the investment. The first board meeting. Oh, like, what is that going yeah, to we be like? like? What's a board pack? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were like that as well. Yeah, Google. <laughs> Luckily, Pritchard sent us one. It's so funny. We got contacted a long time ago about, can, "Do you want to be part of this documentary behind the scenes?" And we were like, "Absolutely not! Like, we don't need anyone to see that." Plus, we're too busy writing our movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, um, That's your new answer. <laughs> 
Yeah. Very busy. Oh. Um, sorry, just to be clear that this is scene is in the movie. Right, okay. So I get a cameo. Oh, right, right fantastic. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'll play myself. Brilliant. <laughs> I'm not sure who you'll get with my accent. <laughs> uh, so listen, so you've got number one employee in April. How many do you have under your in the team now? Is that eight in total? But some are um yeah, some are part five of us are permanent yeah. and three are contractors. And how does that feel? Amazing. Yeah, amazing. But we're still very busy. <laughs> yeah, that's been quite that's interesting. interesting. <laughs> uh, you're just busy with different things. Yeah. Yeah. Which um, is which is exciting to be able to like lift your head out of the detail a little bit. Yeah. I'm still in the detail a little bit, but um, we can see that sort of coming better over time. Yeah, and we're really, yeah, we're really happy with the team and because culture is really important and that was really drilled into me at AO as well. Like mm-hmm. you, you hire and you fire by your values and and we've we've been really careful, especially in a really small team. Yeah. Um, and on such a sensitive subject as well, people need to understand yeah. it. Yeah. I think genuinely yeah. it's not just any product. And they need to be passionate about the mission and about what we're trying to do. Mm. They've got to have sort of an interest in fertility. Um, But we've got a lovely team, haven't we? Yeah. Um, They're a great bunch. No, that's so nice. So what's next on the horizon? What's the next thing on the horizon for Dr. Mm. Fertility? So the next 12 months (laughs) is developing the platform. So, and that's looking at how we can use the technology to support people at scale. I take it you moved from Shopify. Or no, I, no. So Shopify, Shopify will be part of our platform, mm-hmm. but that will just power the e-commerce part of it. And then we're looking at the technology and how we can handhold people through that experience more. Because at the moment, if you come onto the e-commerce shop, we have some content, but it's very much still um, dependent on you looking for those products. Like with Amazon, yeah, you, you need to know you, what products you're looking <clears throat> for. Yeah. Whereas we're looking at. The next stage is how can we handhold you to people that don't know personalize that experience. So we'll you know we'll ask you questions and and based on those that data we'll then recommend content, products and services that will mm-hmm. help support you. So it's looking at how we scale it with technology, but then we'll be able to flip you to a human when we when we feel that's the right point. Yeah. Um, or when you're ready to, yeah, you, yeah. Might not be, yeah. you might not want to talk to people about it. No. And it's about giving people some like really important advice. Like a lot of women don't know that they should take folic acid um, when they're trying for a baby yeah. and um, for the first twelve weeks, or they might know they need to, but they don't know why. So that can help reduce the risk of neural tube defects. So it's about giving people that information, and we can do that through the technology. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got more people to hire we've got a lot of content to develop we've got the technology we have to some develop. medical writers <laughs> brilliant yeah so it's not just me now <laughs> yeah yeah she's good so yeah so the next the 12 next 12 months is is getting that mvp live and mm-hmm. learning a lot and then keep evolving that platform and then eventually i mean a real dream of ours would be um for dr fertility to be an nhs service and help yeah. Um, NHS patients because we want to help um, improve the care pathway mm-hmm. so at the moment with the NHS you're told to go and try for a year if you are under 35 or six months if you're over 35 so there's no support during that time it's, mm-hmm. you literally you go and google it yep so and that's got lots of conflicted information yep. come back to me whenever it hasn't worked yeah, yeah. especially like you were saying before there's quite a lot of women with PCOS who might need extra support. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they might not know that. they've got PCOS well, until they come off thing. the pill. Yeah. 
Yeah. And we've, we also want to kind of take that care pathway right to the start. Well, even before you're trying, thinking about preparing your body. It's talking about it's reproductive health. Yeah. So how yeah. do you look after yourself, all parts of you? Yeah. Men exactly. and women. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that's really important to us to get people preparing their bodies for pregnancy, men and women. Yeah. And we've done some we've done some work around that already. So we've developed um, a couple's guide to give you the sort of the basic information you need when you're starting to think about having a um trying for a baby or whatever sort of route yeah. you're going if down. If you're thinking about having children in the future, do you know that smoking does this? Yeah. yeah. Smoking weed does that. Yes. That's exactly, you know, that's exactly what, what we've sort of done. So we've looked at preparing your bodies and then helping people time it. Because going back to people are sort of leaving it later. And we, I, th- I really believe our lives have got busier. People are working mm-hmm. away. So not everyone wants to time it because some people find that stressful, but other people... Have to. Have to, especially yeah. if you're working away. Yeah, like um, but when we were trying for baby, I was in Germany every month managing the team there. And, you know, Stuart worked in London every week. And I was trying to time my business trips around when I thought I was going to ovulate, which was really stressful, but I had, you know, had to do it that way. Um, yeah, so these and then try and, tools. Try and convince you it was baby making time without telling him I was ovulating, which is always a, a challenge. Why are you more romantic in these two days? <laughs> <laughs> and don't really speak to me the other ones. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's what we we want to give people the tools that can fit in with God their lifestyle. Stuart. God loves Stuart. <laughs> Shout out for Stuart. Yeah, he'd agree. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's good that we can be, you know, have some lighthearted laughter around this because it is a very serious subject, and you know, it, it is. And it, it, unfortunately, you've got to laugh about some some of it. Some we of the think humour is important, and yeah. that's yeah. one of the reasons we did sperm banter. Because there's a, a it's, you know, it's a big taboo subject still, yeah. and people, you know, don't openly talk about it. Like we always say, you're more likely to know about your friend's sex life than whether they're trying for a baby or not. Yeah. Um, and we, you know, we want to get those conversations started. Yeah. Um, especially for men. Uh, and like you were just saying there with the sperm banter. Yeah. We looked at, we used humour and cartoons to get men engaged. Yeah. Rather than it feel very clinical. Yeah. But I think also what something we want, to be ashamed of or, yeah. Yeah, you know, whatever. And what yeah. we, we want to do is help tailor our content to different people at different sort of stages of their journey. So if we feel someone's just started trying, they the information we give them will be quite different to someone who's been trying for a while and starting to feel a bit emotional and a bit sort of stressed out by it. So yeah. that's sort of important to us to make sure we're tailoring that content yeah. um, to, the, to the, the right voice. people. Yeah. Um, I have thoroughly enjoyed talking to the two of you today. I could sit here and talk all day and we'll probably still talk for another hour about our movie plans after this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> But to wrap up this afternoon's uh, chat, what advice would you have for, if we take it about and think about the business, what advice would you have for other business owners and entrepreneurs that are out there trying to get their business off the ground? And what do you wish someone had told you at the start? Shall we say one each? (laughs) Yes. I think for me, um, reach out to people. Like the Manchester business and tech community is really open and that really surprised me and if you don't know something ask and find out like you can spend hours trying to work stuff out yourself yeah um but there's people there to sort of support you um and that was the thing that kind of overwhelmed me by how generous people were with their time and their honesty um and i would say um you know really spend time if you are looking to raise investment 
one, understand how long it takes and start early. But two, you know, the more robust your business model, the better. Like Lucy said, we spent yeah. hours and hours and hours on our model and it forecasted products and services for the next three years. But and it was worth all it that was time. Absolutely worth it. Um because even for yourself, you need to know that business works. Yeah. So when you're going into What pitch, are you raising for? Yeah. Are you like, confident you can return? You're doing it for yourself, yeah. if nothing else, because you don't want to build a business and waste your time building something that's not robust from the outset. Yeah, and then we built in sensitivity calcs as well, so we could say, right, what what would it look like if we hit 70% of target um, or even 50%? And then we completely understand the financial needs of the business as well, and we we still review that every week now. Yeah, um, and it helps you make a decision on what what you get where you're going to put the money. Yeah, um, like we've obviously got a forecast for the next three years, but you know things crop up, don't they? That opportunities yeah. and things come up that you can't Brexit. You know, <laughs> do you yes. know what I mean? Like things that you yeah. probably have to think about now. And and I think I struggled in the beginning to to think. Right, to do a forecast for three years' time is really difficult. And I think you just got to accept, like Lucy said, we built it on as much logic as we could. Yeah. We validated as much as we could. And we're still validating, aren't we, yeah. as we go? Yeah. Um, you know, it's sometimes it is a bit finger in the eye, but as long as you can, you know, back up why yeah. you, you decided on that number, that's the key thing. So know your numbers, I think, is yes. the underpinning piece. And yeah. then once you know those or are confident in them, Work out what you're raising for and why, and then seek out the right investors to yeah, join you on that. That's that's. Oh, I know we're now right. going on to other things, but that's really important. The right investor is key. I, we're really happy with um, Patura, and we've got a lovely relationship with them. Yeah. Thank you so much, ladies. Um, I hope for um, those that are either on that fertility journey um, that we've given and shared some really useful and helpful information that might help. Um, girls and boys um, with that and also for the entrepreneurs who may be stressing about that whole investment journey, particularly women and how how you've wonderfully shown how um, it can be done and that you can um, achieve all of your ambitions um, both in your personal and professional lives and hopefully that gives everybody a better night's sleep. Thank you. Thank you very Thank much you. for having us. Present like the fear from above.